welcome to NCBI Labs. So you're very welcome to this week's live event from the Labs team here at NCBI. Joel Lonergan is back with the regular panel of Daniel, JP and Sean today, and he's going to be helping us out throughout the show as well. Now, we like to cover the technology that makes a big difference to everyday life on our live events, but we've somehow managed to overlook up until now one of the most important aspects of life in Ireland. Something that's so important that it comes up in in pretty much any conversation you have, probably not for very long, but it, it comes up in most conversations. And that is the weather. It's incredible how important the weather is to us, isn't it? You've probably heard all the different expressions. We've so many different ways of talking about the weather. When are the two weeks of summer going to come this year? Will we get all four seasons in the day or is, it, or is it down for the day, do you think? Will it lash or will it be a bit of a soft day? Or is the sun splitting the stones or is it fierce, mild? A grand day for drying, all sorts of different expressions. Weather is such a big thing to uh, life in Ireland, isn't it? Well, the number of different weather apps available probably reflects that obsession with weather. And today we're going to be looking at how accessible a number of those different apps actually are. Labs trainer Seamus Brett has prepared a demonstration video to help with that, which we'll be looking at in a little bit. But we're also going to get the thoughts of one of our guests this week, Des Keeney who will talk to us a bit about why finding the right weather app was important to him, but as well, he'll be giving his thoughts on which ones actually work well. We're going to be chatting to Joe and to Daniel a little bit about that as well. Then later on in the show, we're going to be talking to Martin Kelly. Now, Martin will be telling us about his interest in cinema and movies, and particularly about developments such as audio description and how useful he's found that. But he's also going to talk to us about sightless cinema. Now that sounds like quite an interesting concept, sightless cinema. How would that work? Well, if that sounds intriguing, stay with us and we'll hear from Martin a little bit later on the show. And of course, as well, we're going to have our usual quick tips section coming up later as well. Don't forget that we want to hear from you too. So if there are any questions that you'd like answered, any technology that you'd like us to, to cover in the future, any questions throughout our show today as well. You can contact us using the Q&A panel on the right hand side of Microsoft Teams if that's how you're connecting today, or you can email us at labs at ncbi.ie. So first up on the show this week, we're talking about the accessibility of various weather apps. And to do that, I'm delighted to introduce Des Keeney, so you're very welcome to the show, Des. Good to have you with us. Thanks very much, James. Delighted to be here. So Des, I know that you have experienced maybe re relatively recent sight loss, but before we come on to that, maybe can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? What sort of things you spent your time on before sight loss? Well, the, the 20 years before I lost uh, my sight, um, I was a sea kayaker, so um, it was both my hobby and then it became my job in 2003. So I used to take people out on the sea um, in kayaks. And that would have been mostly around um, South Dublin, around uh, Bullock Harbour and Dockney Island. So we did West Coast trips as well. So with that, I was almost hour by hour focused on what was happening on the weather. Um, and the wind was a big thing for me then because 
the sea conditions are what upset kayaks and frighten people and we were trying to give them a good time yeah, yeah. um so it it you know the the sea conditions were all important so i always was keeping a very close eye on the wind in particular um and the, uh, to a lesser degree the, the the weather itself like whether it was raining or not um but we were always dressed up in uh, you know wet weather gear no matter what what it was like so the rain yeah. didn't matter too much yes yeah you um did you always have an interest in that that's a, a quite an interesting thing to be to be spending your time on yeah i did i i really enjoyed being on the water and it it was a, a sort of form of escapism really in that once you get out on the on the sea you forget you leave all your problems on land and you forget about all the the things with whatever's going on on land um, because mm. there's so much going on and you have to keep watching and looking and there's all the wildlife and the sea conditions and when you have somewhere like Dockey Island or any of the islands on the west coast or anything like that it's just wonderful being able to get out around them um, and they're historic places and not often visited and it's, it's just a wonderful experience um, so that was the, the, the summary of things that drew me to it and then um, in 2003, I decided to share it with all the people and bring them out and let them see what it was like and get the enjoyment and the fun out. But lovely, yeah. And I'd say a lot of people um, did feel the same way. I'd say that was quite a rewarding thing for you to to see the the um, the enjoyment that a lot of other people got oh, out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's you know that's the reason we were doing it was to see the development and you know the the light in their eyes and how they'd enjoy getting out yeah. there and getting. Sometimes it's excitement and sometimes it's calm and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it yeah. was mindfulness before mindfulness was invented almost. Yes, so it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a great way to spend some time. Yeah, very interesting. So that was obviously kind of before um, before you experienced sight loss. We mentioned that that was relatively recent, but it was still a few years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it started in 2010 when I was still working that I started having trouble with night vision. Um, and it really began when I was driving somebody to Carrickfin Airport at about five o'clock one October morning, and I was almost in danger of going off the road because I couldn't distinguish where the edges of the, the country road were. And that was a real shock to me because that's something I'd always enjoyed. And this was new uh, from the point of view that I, I, I wasn't expecting it to go like that. Um, the, the sight loss had been in my mother's family and she and her brothers and her mother all had it. Um, and as far as I knew, there was a 50-50 chance that I would actually uh, get the condition. Um, yeah. And that was the very start of it. And then it sort of moved on. Um, 2015, I started having trouble with daylight driving. And it was a little bit unusual in that my central vision was fine and my outer peripheral vision was fine. But the area just outside my central vision wasn't. Um, but it wasn't okay. a dark yeah. space. It, it, it was just like all the colours merged together. So if you were looking at a hedge, even though you couldn't see the outer part, it still looked like a hedge and it was quite deceptive like that. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I had been seen an eye specialist because of the, the family condition, but um, I just went to an optician in 2016 and she said, if you were 70, I'd be putting you off the road straight away. So that was the end of driving. And that was, uh, and I now live in North Leitrim, which is where I'm from. Um, mm. And that was quite an effect because we live 10K from the nearest shop. So 
I instantly became dependent on my wife for transport. Um, so that, you know, things, there's, there's all these sort of difficulties associated with sight loss, um, yeah. but she's been great about it. So it could be a lot worse. It's a lovely place to be in lockdown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's that, there's that to it as well. And it's always good to kind of see the, the pluses as well. The, tell me, how did, I suppose you mentioned about moving there and obviously the effect on transport and practical elements and kind of having to deal with that. What about the change with regards to kind of the, the work that you were doing and things like that? How did you cope with that? Well, we'd, we'd retired from the business in 2014, which was really good timing. Um, mm. So it didn't really apply from that point of view, Jude. I, I, I could still I could still paddle. We have Loch Melvin literally right outside our door and the sea is only 10 kilometres away. Um, so I could still paddle on my own. It's just that I couldn't really take a group out because if you go out with 12 people and you come back with only 11, then it doesn't really work that well in the long term, you know. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, I, yeah. You might find it hard to get insurance for something like that, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very good. So once you retired, I, I guess, obviously, if you're doing something you're interested in, the, the interest doesn't stop just when, when the work stops. So you continue to obviously have have a similar interest in, for example, the <laughs> keeping your eye out for what the weather was doing for things like that, I guess. Yes, very much so. I mean, you know, like I was saying earlier, when we were out on the water every day, we'd be constantly watching the wind mostly. Um, and I used to use um, a couple of apps, like there would have been the MetAaron and the Windfinder app at the time would have been the, the best ones. Um, yeah. And the, the also the great thing was that, um, when one when you have a local weather station like when we were working in South Dublin, there's a weather station in John Leary Harbour, and that gives you what's actually happening, and that that's a great facility if if people have it available to see what, how the weather forecast is doing compared to what's actually happening. Um, yeah. So that 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 was a great facility at the time, um, yeah. but our lives were, were were totally driven by the wind and and the direction of it as well. So all that was very important. And I, I have to say that the, the standard of weather forecasting, like we stopped in 2014, but the standard of weather forecasting was then was exceptional and it's only got better since really. Yes, yeah. And I suppose that the, the other side of that then is that the the accuracy of the weather forecasts were getting um, better and better, but then accessibility obviously would have come into it at that point as well. So that's kind of where we're coming at um, this this segment on the live events as well. We're kind of interested in the accessibility of different apps. So what we might do is uh, Seamus Brett has prepared a little video and the way this uh, the video is set up here, it's just to give us a very clear idea of the kind of feedback that you get from the app as you're using um, voiceover, as you're exploring the app using voiceover. So Seamus is going to go through four different apps here. We're only going to hear Seamus maybe every now and again, but we'll hear the feedback from each of the apps and then we'll come back to Des. Weather apps, their accessibility and accuracy. Calendar, photos, camera, weather folder, nine apps, opening weather folder, First weather app we will look at is the Met Erin weather app. Met Erin. 
Mesh earring. Button. Button. Search. Warnings. Chevron right. National warnings. Maps. Chevron right. Buck. Rainfall radar. Strand hill. Outlook. Strand hill. Outlook. Day. Weather. Ring above sea. Wind km slash h. Evening. Saturday. Sunday. Monday. Tuesday. Wednesday. Thursday. 15. 18. 20. 19. 16. 11. So as you can hear, VoiceOver reads most of the information okay um, on this app with left to right swipes. However, it does not read the information in the weather table in an order that makes any sense. Also, the weather symbols are not labeled, so VoiceOver just ignores them. Button. Menu. Button. Search. Home. But warnings. But forecast maps. National forecast. Button. 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 Menu. Button. Search. Overview. Friday 12. Info. But play. Button. 0%. Overview selected. Wind. Button. Temp. Button. National forecast. Issued at. Today. Friday the 28th of May. Dull and misty conditions persisting across much of the eastern half of Ireland through the afternoon. Tonight. Friday. Saturday will be a very mild or warm day with good sunny spells breaking through, though some eastern parts will be rather cloudy in the morning. So as you can hear, it reads the menu and the information on any opened menu items with left to right swipes. There are no headings for easier navigation and voiceover sometimes seems to get stuck on weather maps on a particular page. Overall, it's a reasonably accessible weather app, but its accessibility could be further improved by labeling the weather symbols and including headings for easier navigation. Here. Double tap to open. Use 3D. Here. Add to my locations. Button. Strand Hill. Your select location. Now. 12 degrees. Feels like 12 degrees. Cloudy throughout the day. Selected. Spy. Table. Button. Two of three. Selected. Table. Two of today the 28th of May. Today 1500. 12 degrees cloudy. 0.1 millimeters precipitation. 3 meters per second wind. Light breeze. Today 1800. 14 degrees cloudy, 0.1 millimeters precipitation, 1 meter. Characters. Headings. Saturday the 29th of May, Sunday the 30th of May, Monday the 31st of May, he Tuesday the 1st of Monday the 30th, Sunday the 30th of May, heading, Sunday the 30th of May, heading, Sunday midnight, 12 degrees partly cloudy, 1 meters per second wind. Light air from south. Sunday 600, 11 degrees fair, 4 meters per second wind. Gentle breeze from southeast. Sunday 1200, 17 degrees partly cloudy, 6 meters per second wind. Moderate breeze. So as you can hear, the YR.no app is quite accessible. Almost all the information can be read with voiceover using left to right swipes or a read all gesture. In the table, if we select headings with the rotor, it will read the headings for quicker navigation. And the weather symbols are labeled so voiceover reads them. Tab bar, nearby, tab, map, tab, three of four, selected, map, tab, three of, map. No features visible. Use the rotor to access points of interest. Points of interest. Map, map, Killebegs, 41.2 kilometers north, cloudy, 12 degrees Celsius, 1 meters per second light air from south. Tobacurry, 26.3 kilometers south, partly cloudy, 14 degrees Celsius, 2 meters per second light breeze from east. Donegal, 52.6 kilometers northeast, cloudy, 14 degrees Celsius, 1 meters per second light.
So this yr.inoapp um, allows VoiceOver to read the information also contained in the map section, which is pretty impressive. It also has a detailed weather information for the next 10 days. Air. Windfinder. Double tap to Windfinder. Favorites. Edit. Button. 5KTS. Cork Airport. Fav to map. Button. Fav to map. Button. 14 ring above sea. Report. 8KTS. Check-in island. Fav to map. Button. 14 ring above sea. Report. 9KTS. Dublin Airport. Fav to map. Button. 13 ring above sea. Tab bar. Map. Tab. Search. Tab. Search spot. Search, search field. Cap S. L. I. G. O. Sligo Airport. With a sil page 104. Adjustable. Page 104. Adjustable. Updated. 11. 34. Next. 18. 10. Info. Button. Friday, the 28th of May, 2021. Heading. Time. Wind. Weather. Air. Waves. 01H. 317 degrees. 5 KTS. Max 7 KTS. 10 ring above sea, 1019 h power, 1.1 meters, 12s, 04 h, 311 degrees. The Windfinder app fo focuses on wind speeds, tides and wave heights and gives this information for a particular location and a particular hour. It is relatively accessible with left to right swipes, but the maps are not accessible. Wind. Weather. Double tap to open. Weather, Dublin, cloudy, 13 degrees, high 13, hourly forecasts, 16, clouds, 17, 18, clouds. Saturday, clouds, Saturday, clouds, high 16, low 9, Sunday, mostly clear, high 19, low 8, Monday, partly cloudy, high 18, low 8, Tuesday, partly cloudy, High 19, low 11. Wednesday, showers, 50% chance of rain. High 18, low 11. Thursday, showers, 50% chance of rain. High 18, low 11. Friday, scattered showers, 50% chance of rain. High 18, low 10. Saturday, scattered showers, 40% chance of rain. High 18, low 11. Sunday, scattered showers, 30% chance of rain. High 18, low 10. Today, cloudy currently. The high will be 13 degrees. The low tonight will be 9 degrees. Sunrise, 5, 6. Sunset, 21, 38. Chance of rain, 20%. Humidity, 89%. Wind, southeast 14 kilometers slash HR. Feels like, 12 degrees. Precipitation, 1.1 centimeters. Pressure, 1022 h power. Visibility, 14.5 kilometers. UV index, 3. The native iPhone weather app is quite accessible as you'd expect from Apple. It gives clear and quite detailed weather information for today for your particular location and daily summaries for the next 10 days. So that's an overview of the accessibility and accuracy of several weather apps. 1512, 1512, Control Center, selected. Very good. So thanks to uh, Seamus Brett for preparing that demonstration 
for us of uh, a number of different weather apps. Maybe Des, we could just flesh this out a little bit. Can you can you tell us maybe just your own personal experience of using those apps? Um, what you find good or what is a particular problem maybe in, in one or two? Sure, um, the simplest one is the one that's built into the iPhone um, and it will give you the hours in, in the day and it will tell you whether it's going to be cloudy or raining and so on, but it doesn't really give you an awful lot more. Um, as, as you could hear there on the last one, the high and low temperatures are given, but it doesn't give anything about wind or th that sort of thing. So for me, it's, it is and was of limited use. Um, the WindFinder app that I used to use all the time is very accurate um, and it's quite accessible. Um, you can set the uh, wind speed into something that means something to you. So the one in his demo was in knots, which is nautical miles per hour. So that's a little, uh, it's uh, a little more than a land mile, but you can set it to land yeah. miles or kilometers an hour. Um, so if it was 10 knots, it's roughly 20 kilometers an hour thereabouts. Um, and that one's good, except it doesn't tell you any of the stuff that the built-in weather map does, which is whether it's going to be raining or not. Um, yes. And for most people, um, you know, wanting to go out in the hills or in, around town or anything like that, um, you sort of need that. Um, the other one then is the YR um, app, which is the one I tend to use most now because it does give you uh, precipitation and whether it's going to be raining or not. And it also gives wind speed. Uh, now the wind speed at the moment, and I noticed on Seamus's demo and on my version of the app as well, it gives it in meters per second. And most people will say, God, what's that? Um, and really to translate it, um, if you roughly multiply by four, you'll get it in kilometers per hour. Um, so a wind speed of five meters per second is roughly 20 meters, 20 kilometers per hour, maybe a little bit less. Um, mm. But it also gives you whether it's a light breeze or um, that type of thing. And it does give the rain and it gives it for your local area and you can expand it quite easily into an hour by hour, hour forecast for the day. Um, the way it's set up is that it gives every three hours by default, but then down at the bottom there's a button to expand it into an hour by hour forecast. So I, I found that one very good. To be honest, I find the accuracy of them all really good. Um, now, last week I was paying particular attention to them um, and because of the, the showers that we were having, the whole lot of them were a bit wonky, to be honest. Um, yes, but yeah. that's on you. You know, if it's going to be raining for the afternoon, then they will all tend to get it right. Um, the other one that I would have used a lot in the past is the Met Aaron one, um, and that would always have been the Bible um, back a few years ago. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have, for seeing people, they have really developed it very well because on the front page you get the rainfall radar, which is really useful if you know which way the wind is blown. Um, and then you also have the hour by hour and day by day breakdown. Um, but the trouble is that, as you heard from Seamus's demo, none of that is accessible. So it reads down Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then it'll read down whatever the, the weather conditions. Yeah. But it's all useful because yeah. you can't, you know. And, and yes, yeah. that one. When I started looking at that, I was quite surprised because Met Aaron being a, I would have thought, a, a government uh, organization. Um, but on the other hand, there's a lot of stuff there that is accessible. Um, like if you go into the menu, you can get the national forecast or the regional forecast or the sea area forecast and all that stuff. 
and that's all in text and it is accessible so there's a lot of good stuff there but you just have to dig a little bit for it yeah um, yeah and it's interesting just as you mentioned matt aaron i think they do have on their website there's a sort of specifically accessible weather forecast yeah. but when when you're used to using apps there's that kind of yeah there's that drawback isn't there yeah and it's just i i think the information in there is very good um but the trouble is that the r by r stuff isn't accessible anywhere else that i'm aware of on the yes. app uh, you'll get the daily forecast and all that and, and that's great um it's just that hour by hour can be really useful if you're trying to plan something with that with some degree of detail and you know if you want to go out for a walk and it is sharing it's dry at three and you know raining at four yeah, it's yeah. nice to know yeah absolutely they, I, I, I think their information is really good they just have a ways to go yet on the accessibility of it yeah and i think it's good just to to get that kind of experience when you're when you're somebody who's who's kind of quite interested in it and you've been exploring a number of different ones i think that's really good information for for people who maybe are a bit more sort of casual in their interest it's good to know which yeah. is the the go-to apps as well it might be yeah. a good well, time just to bring in um joe lonergan if you stay with us des just for for a minute sure. um we're going to bring in um joe lonergan and joe you've Great. got Great. another way that you can access the uh the, the weather forecast using the alexa Device. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I'd, who would have thought the weather was so interesting? <laughs> yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, well, I suppose um, I don't even need to know the weather for basic needs like everybody else uh, around here, um, unless you have a more interesting job like this and you're bringing people out to see and, yeah. and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I suppose your um, smart speaker nowadays is a really, really good way of finding out the weather forecast. You can ask it a few things. I'll demonstrate a few ways here now. I changed uh, the name of um, to Echo rather than Alexa, and instead of setting everybody's um, Alexa off at home, you know. So yes, yeah, yeah. So um, I could say it, I can say Echo. What's the weather like today? Right now in Canon, it's 20 degrees Celsius with mostly sunny skies. Today's forecast has intermittent clouds with a high of 21 degrees and a low of 11 degrees. Yeah, so I hope you can hear that. Um, yeah. yeah, so let's say you, you could be going to Tramor on Sunday, you want to know what the weather like is in a few days' time. I think it gives you up to 14 days. Um, so we can say, Alexa, what's the weather like on Sunday? Or sorry, Echo, what's the weather like on Sunday? On Sunday the 6th of June in Callan, it looks like there will be partly sunny weather, with a high of 18 degrees Celsius and a low of 8 degrees. I could pick a particular time today, maybe I could try... Echo, what's the weather like at 6 p.m. this evening? In Cannon Leinster, at 6 p.m., it will be 21 degrees Celsius with partly sunny skies. And I'll try the wind speed thing on this, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Echo, what's the wind speed today? At the moment, in Cannon Leinster, it's breezy at 13 kilometers per hour. Today, expect more of the same. Okay, there's uh, a few suggestions for people if they want to um, try them out on a smart yeah. speaker. Also, uh, just while I have you, I'll maybe we'll try a couple of them on Siri as well and uh, see if they give, give us the same results. Um, Siri, what's the weather like? It's currently partly cloudy and 22 degrees. Expect clear skies starting in the afternoon. 
and cloudy skies tonight with mixed conditions for the rest of the day. Temperatures are heading down from 22 degrees to 14 tonight. How strong is the wind at the moment? The wind's blowing at 13 kilometers per hour. East-southeast right now. Will it rain today? It doesn't look like it's going to rain today. Yeah, so that's a simple way of using it um, through Siri. And I'll just open, do one last thing. I'll open up the app and um, have a quick scale through the app really quick. Open weather. Weather. Helen, partly cloudy, 22 degrees, edge, 22 degrees L, 11 degrees. And slow it down to 60%. Hopefully you can understand the voice. So we can, I just flick, I'm going to flick to the right. It's up on the top left of the morning. I'm going to flick to the right really quickly. Helen, partly hourly forecasts. Now, partly cloudy, 22 degrees, 15, mostly clear, 22 degrees, 16, clear, 22 degrees. So I'll flick over to nine o'clock tonight and see what we have. 23, mostly 2143, sunset. 21, partly cloudy, 17 degrees. So it comes down to 17 degrees. So it's going to be warm tonight as well. And you can move down your finger down the bottom. Helen, current look, edit cities. Edit cities, the weather for the detail. Visibility, pressure, precipitation, zero centimeters. Pressure, 1,000 Visibility, 16. UV index, 6. UV index, 6. So yeah, you can wear your sunscreen. Um, yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's an example of the weather. Yeah, very good. And thanks for taking us through that, uh, Joe. Appreciate that. Good to hear, particularly um, with the AI versions um, like the smart speaker and Siri, just being able to uh, hear the, the weather so easily. Maybe if we just come back to Des um, just to finish up on this piece. Des, just with everything that's out there and uh, maybe even including the smart speakers and things like that, do you find that overall you can get the information that you need? I know there's one or two flaws with what we've been looking at, but do you find that you, you basically get the information you need? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, like the quality of information that's there now compared to what I would have when I started is extraordinary. And the fact that you have accurate hour by hour information is, is brilliant. Um, so, yes, the information is there. It's just a question of really finding the right app um, yeah. or smart speaker. Um, so, and, and you know, Joe's demonstration was excellent there with regard to wind speed and temperature and all that type of thing. So, yes, the information is definitely there. Um, you just have to be careful that you, you you know how to use it on that. Or, um, yeah. you know, if you're out for a walk, then it's very simple because the, the inbuilt weather app is just great for that, really. Yeah, very good. And just one more question before you go, Des. You know yeah. what it's going to be now. Are we going Are we going to have a decent summer? Oh, of course we are. The sheep are <laughs> down at the moment, so that's always a good sign. And don't forget, this is going straight up on YouTube afterwards as well. Your your <laughs> words will be immortalised now, so we'll be able to check it. <laughs> very good. Thank you very much for joining us on the show today, Des. Really appreciate your your input there and uh, giving us a good overview of the strengths and weaknesses of various apps as well. That was uh, great to have you on the show. No problem. Thank you. Very good. So that was Des Keeney, and uh, we appreciate the the work that went into that from Seamus Brett and Joel Lonergan as well. Daniel, I believe you you were involved in making observations for Aaron or something similar as well, aren't you? I do. Um, so just just to um, set the stall right in case anyone's cursing the uh, accessibility. <laughs> yeah, I'm 
I volunteer to do this uh, work for Metairn. Yeah, it's um, it's something I've been doing for over a decade now. I've been collecting uh, morning weather observations at uh, where, where basically where I live in the south of County Leash, and it basically it feeds into I suppose all of Metairn's. Um, you know, they'll kind of look back on the forecast and say, right, well, let's say yesterday they forecasted a high of 20 degrees and actually way there in South Leash they got 21 degrees. So, you know, it helps them for their verification and just modeling um, trends and things and how things are going on. So it's, it wouldn't be as much, I suppose, from the point of view of what people want in, in a good detailed forecast. It's, it's kind of looking back a wee bit. Um, yeah. But also, there I also have a computerized one that uh, uploads to the internet as well. And like um, what Des was mentioning there, you know, the, out in Dunleary they have this weather station that that's feeding out live data as it's happened. So it's telling you right now what the temperature is, you know, up to the second, or if if it's uh, raining and how many mills are falling and the wind direction, the wind speed. So that uh, that is something I do also have as well on on the go. But um, yeah, it's definitely, it's quite interesting and, you know, you have to collect all your data, type it up in, in Microsoft Excel, email it into Glassnevin and um, they actually put, uh, the quality control team then checks that data, obviously to make sure there's no errors. Yeah. And they put that out on their website, kind of for anyone who's interested in kind of his, historical going back. Um, so you probably get um, all my weather data coming up to, this was February or March this year, or a couple of months behind yeah. by the time to get it out there. Yeah. But um, it goes in once a month, so maybe that's the reason why it takes a wee while to collate all that and put it up. Yeah, yeah, very good. Well, that's kind of interesting because it, it presumably feeds in then to why the um, weather forecasts are getting more accurate. Des mentioned very, very much, very effusively there, the, the accuracy of the, the uh, weather forecast. But I guess that a lot of it, these things, it, as you check them, they help them to get yeah, kind of more accurate. It does, it does certainly, like, um, I, I would have a passing interest in how the whole thing works. And, like, it's computer models that the, um, you know, AccuWeather, the MetAirn, the BBC Met yeah. Office, all these guys to rely on what we call um, weather models. What they do is they take um, they take data from, let's say, stations like mine, and the input that as their kind of starting position, and and then the computer models what you know what the starting point is, and tries to build up a forecast based on that. Now, as uh, Des alluded to earlier, their showers are notorious to forecast, and particularly as we head into this time of the year, because what you get what you get is just showers popping up anywhere when the heat kind of triggers off uh, a thunderstorm. So they they can be really really tricky. Um, to pin down. So, uh, but other frontal rain, as as they said earlier on, you know, if you've got what to call a cold front or a warm front coming in off the Atlantic, you're pretty sure when that's going to hit, how much it's going to drop, and when it's going to toddle on with itself over there. Seeing across yeah, the yeah. Republic in, in the UK, we all yeah. do be delighted to see that happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's interesting yeah. just to get a bit of the background as well, the kind of work that goes into that as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, yeah. It's quite a community of observers across Ireland. Um, you know, there's about three or four hundred rainfall observers, and then there's maybe. The guys doing the temperatures, probably about 50 or 60 of those located all around the country. So, yeah, um, it's a little community of um, interested parties, let's say, that uh, keep it all going. That's it. Well, very good. Thank you for that uh, input as well, Daniel. And uh, certainly over the course of that conversation, it's kind of like the definitive guide to uh, weather in Ireland. Uh, it comes up in pretty much every conversation. And I'm sure as, that's as, as my uncle says, if it doesn't rain between the showers, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs>
that's it yeah that's it that's the final word on that that's the final <laughs> forecast we should just record that and put that on our, on our forecast as well yeah that's your forecast for tomorrow <laughs> that's it yeah very good well there's the definitive guide on weather apps and uh, plenty of information there to fuel conversations for literally seconds on end uh, so hopefully you enjoyed that uh, discussion of the various weather apps and the accessibility of them as well. Don't forget that you can listen back to that piece on YouTube or on your favourite podcast platform as well. If you want to just check which ones of the, the apps there were uh, particularly effective, you can uh, check that back again afterwards. So next on the show today, we're going to be talking about audio description, among other things. And to do that, JP is joined by Martin Kelly. So we're going to hand over to JP for this section. Great. Uh, thank you, Jude. There's an interesting discussion on, on weather apps certainly today, and I, I hope Des's predictions are right and we'll have a somewhere ahead of us to look forward, forward to. Yeah, hopefully, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Jude, that, that's right. So this week we are joined by Martin Kelly, uh, who uh, who is living in, in Newbridge in County Kildare. We're going to find out about his experience with audio description and also his work with Sightless Cinema, which is a really popular radio drama workshop that's produced by and designed for people with sight loss. So Martin, you're very welcome to our live event today. Thank you, folks. And JP, you can't miss an opportunity talking <laughs> about the weather. I was at an audio description event on Friday from the Crawford Gallery in Cork, and they were discussing the foghorn, the foghorn and how, it, how people use the foghorn right up to the, first, the 11th of January 20. 11. That's when the last foghorn was sounded off the coast of Ireland to alert shipping to be careful. So there you go now. That's how you link things together. Interesting. Lovely piece of history. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Thanks, Martin. Martin, mm -hmm. um, so before we talk about audio description uh, and sightless cinema, um, which I know you're, you're very involved in sightless cinema, can you start by telling us a bit about your, your background, if you don't mind? Uh, my background, I, I was I brought up on the current camp and that's the color camp where, where the, the, the Irish Army, I suppose, are based. And I, I stayed there until I was 18. Uh, I had my education all in the color camp, and the color camp was a wonderful place to, to, to come up as a, as, a, as a young boy. And as you probably know, the, the color itself, you have 5,000 acres of land with no fencing. So for a boy running around, that, there was no holes barred. <laughs> But anyway, I went to school on the Curra. I went to national school, and then I went on to, they had a vocational school there. And after that then, I actually got a job as a telephonist in a, in a local hospital. I was a, um, a telephonist come radio operator. So I, I had uh, access to the ambulance service. I used to uh, give uh, directions to the ambulances, you know, and, and give them for, uh, feed them information. and calls and that stuff. So I was a radio telephone operator. For Were you there many years, Martin? I, until I got, I got married then. And uh, so I, I was working a shift work at the time. So, so uh, my wife was working in Dublin, in Dublin Corporation. So I left the hospital situation and I got a job in Dublin Corporation as well. So myself and my wife traveled up and down to Dublin every day then and yes. used to meet in Dublin for lunch. And that, so it was yes. far better arrangement than than me working shift work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, uh, yeah. Go ahead there, Martin. Yeah, but that was me. I, I, I've been involved in, like my main interest is sport. I've been involved with sport all my life, you know. I'm on the board of Vision Sport Ireland at the moment. Yes. Um, because uh, my wife passed away 
in 2015, and uh, like we people said we were joined at the hip. So, so um, it took me a couple of years to to kind of to I suppose to to get over my loss. So, and yeah. then I decided it was time to get back out into society. So, I I was uh, elected onto the board of Vision Sports Ireland, and then I joined the board of the National League of the Blind, and. And ever since that, I've I kept uh, joining, <laughs> joining different, different uh, like like Santa Silva and and seen unseen and um, several other a little. Um, I'm involved with NAG with Newbridge Access Group. I'm the chairperson of Newbridge Access Group. So so keeps me busy, JP. You've been very busy. Uh, and Martin, what about your own experience uh, living with sight loss? Can you tell us about that? Oh. Uh, well, I have I have a, an eye disease called macular dystrophy. It's, I think it's called the juvenile version of macular degeneration. So, so it was identified when I was at school, and uh, it's a progressive eye disease. You know, it, it, it's progressive. So, I have very little sight now. I have just um, I suppose what the, what you could regard as sight perception. I use a white, white cane to get around, and uh, but um, for a long time I you know I, I played football and handball and basketball, and I could see the ball quite well and. I rode a bicycle, like even when I came to live in Newbridge, I used to ride a bicycle back up to the corral, you know, to, to play football and all that kind of stuff. So, I suppose about 12 years ago now, I I, I really I felt it was time to start using a white cane because I had a few accidents, as blind people tend to do. I walked into Telegraph Pole and I came off to work to that, I can assure you. So, around that time, you, you started progressing to using, using the white cane? Yeah, carrier bag for quite a while, would you believe? Yes. For a few years, because somebody at the NCBI told me, you know, like like a lot of people are too, well, they don't want to take up using a white stick because you feel very vulnerable. But anyway, this person told me to use an umbrella or something, you know, that I had to say, I used to use a carrier bag going yeah. around. And people said, Martin, why are you always carrying a carrier bag? But the carrier bag was my white, white stick, you know, really. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It saved me on many occasions. Martin, in, ter in terms of the technology that you're using as well, that you have been using over the years, um, are, are you using, uh, for example, a smartphone? Are you you're using laptop with JAWS, screen reader software? No, actually, I've always had a PC, so I still have a PC, and I have Windows 10. I just got Win Windows 10 installed okay. last year, and so I'm using Windows 10 now on a PC. And I have an iPhone, which is invaluable, of course, for, because it's I have that. But I suppose I have... Uh, three very important apps I call them that would be A, B, and C. Ariadne for my navigation. Be my eyes for as as it as it says. Be my eyes, and then the C it could be for seeing AI. You know, so they're my three principal apps that I use. That's, uh, that's yeah. great. And, and what on the desktop on the PC, uh, Martin? Do you use a screen reader? Oh, I do. Yeah, I use Jaws. I use yeah. I use a combination. I use Jaws. Uh, I'd like to just experiment and use um, NVIDIA and Narrator. Just keep experimenting, really, you know. Martin, in terms of uh, movies, I know we were talking about movies earlier in the intro. Was cinema, uh, cinema movies, has that always been a big interest of yours? Absolutely, yeah, because we had our own cinema on the car. We had a cinema, you know, for, for the soldiers, and I used to have a cinema. So I used to go to the cinema. We didn't have TVs, of course, and that kind of thing. So the cinema was where we used to, used to go in the evenings, you know. So I used to go because they would change the film uh, every every second night, you know. So you could you could go to the cinema three times a week, yeah. and then you could go to the matinee on Sunday <laughs> and come home playing cowboys and Indians. But however, that was they were the days when 
when, when kids were innocent and didn't know any difference. So. And Martin, how would your sight loss have affected that? Like, did it put an end to that interest? Well, I, because I didn't realise that I didn't realise that you know, like my, I didn't, I didn't know what other people could see. So, so uh, it, it doesn't really hit you. I suppose until you have to start using a white stick or whatever. But I, you know, I used to just as I went up to the front of the cinema. I always sat up in the front because, but I didn't realise the reason I was sitting at the front was because I had a better chance to see what was happening on the screen. You know, I always went up the front of the, of the cinema. And, and, of course, in recent times, you don't need to go up the front anymore because um, it's, you can go to the cinema now and you get a headset going in and it's all audio described, you know, so, which is marvellous, you know. That, that, that's what I was going to ask. How has it changed from, from several years ago to today? So are, are, are there adaptations there that can help you or for anyone who, who's sight lost to be able to be more immersed in the cinema experience, for example? Well, because cinemas are totally different now. There's no smoking or, or, or going on in cinemas. People throwing their cigarette butts up at the up at the uh, at the beam. You know, people just to throw cigarette butts up into. The I don't know why, but anyway, I never smoked, so I didn't know why they did. But um, but now this, I mean, we have an audience cinema here, and and um, I, I tend to go to the. They have one for golden years. They have it on a Tuesday, and uh, um, it only costs five euros, and you get. You get tea and coffee and all before you go in, and it's, 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 it's a, you meet the, there's no there's a kind of a group of people who go, so so you get to know the people and and you get your your headset going in, and the girls come and check, make sure that's working before the before the film starts. But it's uh, not enjoyable as to be in a in a screen with surround sound and. Absolutely, and just, you know, is a good choice of 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 movies available with audio description. Well, what, no, when it's. Well, it's the, the golden years. They they actually they they picked the film. You know, you, I mean, they picked the film. You know. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's go, going back to when when you started watching movies movies with audio description available. So what will, what will be some of the first movies that you watched with audio description, and how much of a difference would that have made? Well, I think I've told people before the first, well, not the first film, but one of the films that I did see was the Dead Poet Society, and I got that thought it was great. But but then when I actually. Uh, Saw the audio described version. It was a totally different film, absolutely totally different. Because you knew, because the boys were up to mischief all the time. The boys in, in the film itself, and and because when it's not audio described, you don't know what they're doing. But once the audio description came on it, I could follow the whole film. You know, which is absolutely totally different film, totally different experience. And just to say, in terms of having audio description at home, if if, you, if you're watching television, uh, watching either movies, TV programs. Like how much content at the moment is is audio described? Well, I'm not sure if you, if you know that, that I'm actually on the on the the panel, the, the BCI panel, the Broadcasting Authority panel. I represent yes. um, people with sight loss on that panel, so yeah, I, I I know that um, they're constantly trying to improve the amount of audio description coverage on RTE on the RTE channels, and it's they're now up to five percent, mm. which is not a lot, yeah, but um, but at least they're, they're, they're trying, the, the, trying to the, improve it. Yeah, they're hoping to improve it. Okay, yeah, yeah. To improve that. Uh, and I suppose, like, I mean, just just on on that point, then, I mean, would you see is there a big difference between, for example, mainstream the terrestrial television stations versus, say, streaming platforms? I mean, let's take let's take for example uh, Apple TV Plus. I mean, that has one hundred percent. Yeah, but, but I mean, uh, I I don't engage with that myself. But I know from listening to other people that that you can get most films are audio described now. You know, most of these streamings and uh, Netflix, all these films, they're all the audio described. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, certainly, it sounds like you would you would love to see more TV. If programs. I had time, JP. If I had yeah. time. <laughs> I mean, I live on my own. You think that I'd have loads of time, but uh, I keep myself very active. I'm involved with with, with different groups, and and, and which I enjoy. I enjoy meeting people, and you know, you know, socialising, and just uh, right. when you're living on your own, it's not good to be on your own all the time. So, so I enjoy being involved. Your, in the, in the community, see. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's uh, look at the other side of the coin for a moment. Um, you're involved with Sightless Cinema. Um, now, maybe some of our listeners mightn't be familiar with Sightless Cinema at all. Can you tell us a bit, a bit about that? Well, again, I I only joined Sightless Cinema after I say after my wife had passed on, and uh, I was looking for trying to get on like this. I thought I would have an interest in the Sadler Cinema and, and so they were at, they advertised every year they, they had a new kind of group every year and, and I joined I think it was 2018 that I joined the group and we used to go to, to up to the Rural Red Theatre in Tala on a Wednesday yeah Wednesday morning um, and we would um, the, the chap who the director is a guy called Kieran Taylor and uh, Kieran would encourage us to more or less after all, meeting and that he would encourage us to to write pieces that we could perform ourselves, and uh, that's what we did. Like I remember, I wrote one about um, traveling on the Stena Stena line, you know, because I used to go back and forward to the UK quite frequently on Stena. So I wrote a, a kind of a play about going back and over to the, on, on the ferry, which was which was later put together and performed. Okay. So that's what we're all, we're all encouraged to, to do our own writing and, and then to put it together in, in, in a piece. And, and Martin, where, where are the recordings made available? Oh, they're on YouTube, yeah. They're actually on YouTube, just like the, the NCBI labs, yeah. I would yes. I would recommend that people go to go to uh, the Cinema before they go to NCBI labs, of course. <laughs> we didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there's a choice. <laughs> Toss a coin and then take the job. But um, we have a series at the moment called the COVID tapes, which were all done like on Zoom. We not they were all performed on Zoom, and uh, they're all looking at COVID from a, from a lighthearted way, you know, from being in lockdown and all that. So and they're, they're on YouTube. YouTube channel, are they? Yeah. yeah, they're also on SoundCloud if people want to, to go into SoundCloud and get them that way. Excellent. Okay. COVID tips. Martin, who are the audience with Sightless Cinema? So who, who, are, who exactly are involved? Well, it's, it's open to whoever wants to come, but I mean, it, it usually it takes, when it's happening in, in its proper state, it, it takes place in a cinema. And mm-hmm. when I, the year I was in, we just sit up the front where, where, where the screen would be. But with with no screen, and then the lights are, are all, the lights are down, and and um, the, the, there are several pieces played, uh, and then we, we perform the, the group that particular year group would perform one piece live. Yeah. So and, I'm, I'm and, sure you're looking forward to the cinemas reopening. Yeah, because we we have actually have a, we're working on a great piece just now called uh, uh, the Ballymuck Exchange, if you don't mind. But it's about uh, uh, an old. Uh, Exchange operating in a small town in Ireland back in the 1970s. You know when there was uh, when there was there was no technology as such, and there's somebody operating the system, and it's it's hilarious. You know that's all I'll say. It's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, I won't take that'll too be, much. That'll probably be that'll probably be performed in September. Now, hope once once uh, everything keeps moving in that direction. Yeah, it's, it's, look, it's looking yeah. promising. Yeah. So just just to finish off, Martin. So 
where can people go to find out more about sightless, sightless cinema, either to get involved or to listen back to some of the recordings? Well, to listen back, of course, to just go to YouTube or to, to, to uh, SoundCloud and, and that, that way, yeah, and, and just look it up. Or, um, to, uh, to, uh, Cleon Taylor is the chap who, who organised all of this, and uh, it started off originally with, with Kieran Taylor and JLCBI with a, a man called Jaron, Gerald Byrne, who passed away very suddenly. Gerald was a great man, and uh, unfortunately he, he died very suddenly. But, but uh, NCBI are still involved, I think, and uh, um, just now uh, Kieran is doing some more promotional stuff, and there are a couple of groups. I think there's one in Westmead, and there's another one in, uh, in the Carlo area, that are, he's, and I suppose he's presenting it more to the country now than than just in Dublin. So, so, um, so he has a. It's called White Cane Audio Theatre. Is is if you if you if you um, if you Google White Cane Audio Theatre, you'll find all the, the information there about Kieran Taylor and that. And then I suppose if people just wanted to phone the NCBI, they would get the information to the NCBI. Absolutely, people could do that. Mm. Well, fantastic. Martin, thanks a lot for joining us on the live event and telling us about audio description and also about Sightless Cinema. It's a really great, great initiative. So many thanks. Thank you, JP. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Great. OK, great stuff. Over very to you. Good. you. OK. Yeah, very good. Enjoyed that interview. Really interesting just to hear from Martin there about both the audio description and Sightless Cinema. And of course, we're we're delighted for people to follow um, Martin's suggestion to to go watch the the uh, sightless cinema videos on on YouTube because of course if you're following the suggestion that he gave on our live event then you will have looked at our live events first so we're quite happy with that that's great and uh, appreciate all your uh, work with that as well JP um, really good interview to enjoy and we're actually going to stick with you um, for the next section JP because uh, we've got our quick tips coming up. Um, what have we got this week for quick tips? That's right. Yeah, that we do. We have two tips that relate to the uh, Chrome browser, which we're all very familiar with. So Chrome is, as, as, as we may, may, not know, may, or, may or may not know, it's the most popular web browser uh, are, are available. It accounts for more than half of all web, web traffic. So we thought we'd focus on our, our tips on, on, the, on Chrome today. The first tip is how to search for YouTube videos right from the Chrome address bar itself. So usually when we search for YouTube videos, we go to the YouTube website and we type uh, what, what we're looking for, the video looking for in, in the uh, into the search box. And so it's a standard method, but there's actually a quicker and easier way to search for uh, videos on YouTube when you're using the Chrome browser. And it actually involves using the address bar. So in order to this, what we do is we go to the address bar in Chrome. We can do this by pressing Alt and D, pressing Control and L, or by pressing F6, whichever your preferred shortcut is. And then we type youtube.com in the address bar and then we press the tab key and when we press the tab key the address bar will actually change to search YouTube so then we continue typing the words of the video that we're looking for then we press enter and once we do this we get uh, the search results that are generated from YouTube so there's no need to actually go to youtube.com we can search it search for the videos directly from the Chrome address bar nice little, nice little tip yeah very good nice easy yeah. one yeah easy one another one is just, just just in relation to working with tabs in Chrome so we're all familiar with tabs in Chrome. So this is a way to access different websites. Um, but there's some helpful keyboard shortcuts you can use when working with tabs. There's three or four of them here. Let's go through. The first one is to open a new tab. That's Control and T. A shortcut then to move between tabs is Control and Tab. A shortcut to close an individual tab is Control and W. 
But the last one, the fourth one is actually is my favorite. This is the shortcut to restore a closed tab, and that's pressing Control and Shift and T. So this will restore closed tabs, and it's really handy when, for example, if we if we close Chrome with several tabs open, and then we open Chrome the following morning, and we want to restore all those uh, closed tabs. So there are Excellent. some quick tips and shortcuts for for better browsing with Chrome. Excellent. I've done that a few times, and you're kind of thinking, <laughs> where did it, where did I find that information? Where's that tab? And exactly. Andy's be able to do that. Yeah. Nice little time saver. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks very much for our quick tips this week, JP. And uh, I'm sure you en enjoyed the uh, the show this week, everyone. It's uh, nice to have had Des Keeney and uh, Martin Kelly on the show this week as well, and appreciate uh, having. Joel Lonergan and Seamus Brett with us on the panel too. So hopefully if you've in, enjoyed that, if you if you want uh, to get any uh, assistance on any of the things that we've spoken about or you want to get any more information, you can get, can get uh, in touch with the labs team from 9 to 5 Monday to Friday on 1850 92 30 60 or you can email labs at ncbi.ie or if you want to avail of wider NCBI services, you can call 1850 334353 or email info at ncbi.ie. Of course, we always appreciate your support of NCBI. And if you'd like to make a donation to help support our services, you can do that through donate.ncbi.ie. And just a reminder as well about the Smart Hub project. We've mentioned it a few times, of course, and uh, we want to keep giving it a bit of airtime because it's such a good project. Looking forward to seeing seeing that fully implemented. But if you want to get involved with testing that, please uh, get in touch with smarthub at ncbi.ie. That's smarthub at ncbi.ie. Now, just before we go, a uh, reminder of what we'll be talking about in some of our future live events. We're going to be uh, talking about a number of different things. One of the things is just that maybe a how to um about how to create an alexa shopping list so we're going to have joe joel honorgan our rel our uh, resident alex alexa expert with us try saying alexa expert three times very fast it's pretty difficult um he's going to be back with us to to talk us through how to create a shopping list on that and how you can share that as well we're also going to be talking about the development of OCR readers. Now, just to kind of give a, a bit of an idea what that's about, a lot of the technology that we use now is maybe um, kind of different iterations of, of technology that's actually been around for, for quite a while or extra kind of developments to make things more effective or more usable. But it's interesting when you look at the history of some of the things, like for example, some of the reading machines that are out there, looking back to maybe some of the first machines that came out and how, how much of a game changer they were when they came out. We're going to just have a, a look at that in relation to OCR readers and uh, we're going to trace the development of some of those OCR readers down through the years as well. We're also going to be covering some uh, different features that you can use on Microsoft Teams as well in one of our future live events. A reminder as well that our next show is in two weeks time, so we, we won't be back with you next week but it's Tuesday, June 15th at 2.30 p.m., the usual time. So two weeks time, we'll be back with you again. And if you want to stay up to date with what's happening on our live events, as well as plenty more, you can subscribe to our newsletter on our website, or you can email us at labs at ncbi.ie if you'd like to do that. So all that's left for me to do is to thank our guests today again, 
So Joel Lonergan and Seamus Brett from the, the labs team and Des Keeney and Martin Kelly too. And of course, thanks to everyone listening in as well. And from JP, Sean, Daniel and myself, goodbye for now. And we look forward to having you all back with us soon for another NCBI Labs live event.